You see, following our dreams is not a journey that we invite God into. It's rather a decision that yields to the direction that God is leading. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I, I'm starting a brand new series today. I kind of getting back in the saddle, and and uh, we the wife and I were on vacation. Had a great time. Thank you so much. Last week we had a glorious time of celebrating our church in Kenya. We have a church in Kenya that has several thousand people coming to it. Uh, pastor Philemon Wachara, our executive pastor, founded that church back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, 89, 90, something, 91. Okay. And so early 90s, and, and the church has grown to thousands of people, and he actually still oversees that church. And so there's many times that in the morning hours, because it's uh, 10 or 11 hours difference over there, uh, they're calling uh, the bishop. The bishop. That's what they call him. You didn't know we had a bishop in our presence, did you? And so they call him, and, and he is continually helping Pastor Johnson, Pastor Hudson, Pastor Morris, and the entire team of uh, churches that we have there. And out of that church in Kenya, we have 34, Pastor, 34 church plants. I'm looking forward to the day that we plant our first church out of Flagstaff. How many think that's going to be an exciting time? Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. So this morning, apropos would be a series that I'm starting on dreams. I told Pastor Philemon and Pastor Ray, uh, I told him, I said, We're, I'm going to start this series on dreams. And immediately people start thinking, oh, are you going to tell us what, how to interpret them? And I told them, I'm going to have everyone come see Pastor Ray and Pastor Philemon, and they will interpret all your dreams for you. Well, Pastor, what about you? I will send you to Pastor Philemon and Pastor Ray, and they will interpret all your dreams. That's not what this series is about. This series is about life. It's about the realities. And folks, every single one of us should have dreams. Every single one of us should have passions and desires. Can I tell you something? We all should have desires, hopes, and dreams. I'm in your notes. This is part of being made in God's image. Do you know why? God created within us a desire to create. That's called dreaming. Folks, I'm a great dreamer. The thing about 
my dreams is I've seen many of them come true. You say, Pastor, can you show one? Yes, Flagstaff Victorious Life Christian Center. You are a dream that God birthed in our hearts five years ago. Five years ago, it was my wife and I. Today, we've got almost 500 people that call this church home. How many think that's a pretty exciting dream to come true? And, you know, this is what God does. He births this because he birthed in us a desire to create. Yet, I'm just going to bring this little shock value in. There is a significant difference between God and us. He is and we're not. That's one of the significance. The difference is, is God creates out of nothing. But I want you to underline this in your notes. Because this is critical to having dreams come true. There's God's part. There's our part. But look in your notes. We create under his guidance, teaching, and direction. Not our own desires, ambitions, and pursuits and passions but under his guidance, teaching, and direction. Let me take you to the scriptures. Proverbs 16 says, we can make our own plans. Look at me. How many of us have made plans in our lives and found them fall flat on their face? Come on, I know there's more than me. Go ahead and lift your hand up. Honest confessions. Okay, good, good, good. Just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Look what he says. We can make our own plans, but underline this. But the Lord gives the right answer. Let's move on here. People may be pure in their own eyes. But the Lord examines the motives. Okay, so stop there and look at me for just a second. We might have our plans. But God says, you want the right plans? You got to come to me. Are you okay? Okay, look at this. He said, We may think that we got it all together in our own eyes. We may think that we're doing exactly what God wants. But look what it says. But God examines the motive. That old why we do what we do. And then I want you to look at this. I want you to underline. I want you to circle. I want you to put asterisks. I want you to put all of this. Look at this. This last part of the verse. If you commit your actions to the Lord, look what he says. Your plans will succeed. We're talking about dreams. You got dreams? Let's go on here in the ninth verse of Proverbs 16. We can make our plans, but read this with me. But the Lord determines our steps. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Dreams, in your notes, are living, they're vibrant, but just like flowers and trees, they have a season, they have a time. There's people that God has placed a dream in our heart, and because we haven't included God in that dream, sometimes that dream seems to dissipate. But can I tell you something? It's just like that ship when you're standing on the shore of life and you're waiting for your ship to come in. Well, sometimes that ship doesn't come in. There's times we have to swim out to it. We have to do something. Like the title of this message, Dreams, God's Part, Our Part. There's some of us that we watched our ship sail away and say, oh, we missed it. 
But can I tell you something? Though that ship may be out of sight from our shoreline, if we just redirect and we just move a little bit and we get back on God's shoreline, all we have to do is look out in the distance and we'll see that ship coming back in. Can somebody say amen? amen. Dreams are like flowers. They're like trees. There's a season. There's a time. And they're always developing. They're always changing. But let me add this. They're always growing and sometimes dying. Ecclesiastes 3 Verse 11 says that God placed eternity in our heart. God's the one to put this creative mechanism in our heart. We realize that we're not just here for here and now, but we're here to prepare for then and there. But there's another place in that same passage where he says this, he makes all things beautiful in his time. God is the one that brings things to pass in his time. So let's take it back to the very beginning of your life and mine. Think about it. Dreams are birthed in us. I don't know about you, but from the earliest days of my childhood, I have been regularly told that we can do anything that we want to. Literally, if we can dream it, it can come true. Now, I love the way the Christian circles have kind of changes that vernacular a little bit. I left it in your notes because I thought it was cute. Here's some of the things that we say today. If you can believe it, you can achieve it and receive it. How about this one? If you name it, you can claim it and frame it. And I love this one. Oh, if you can blab it, you can grab it and have it. Some of you guys are going to leave and that's the only part of the sermon you're going to remember. But is it really that easy to make dreams come true? Is there more? Quickly in your notes, number one, does God really give us our dreams? And if he does, does he really work in our dreams? Well, I can tell you unequivocally the answer is yes. But understand this, God's involvement does not eliminate our commitment. It's not just going to come true because God said it. There was a young man by the name of David. We remember him. He was a sheep herder, the son of Jesse. One of seven boys that God continued to work on, develop, and help. Samuel came to anoint a new king. Where was David? Out in the sheep field. Not even important enough to be considered as one to call in. But yet God made sure Samuel knew there was somebody else. Can I tell you something? I want you to look at me, please. Your dream may be small. Your dream may seem to be distant or even dissipated. But God said as small as it is, never forsake the day of small beginnings. He said don't even consider it immaterial. Because I will make a way where there seems to be no way. But there's my commitment. David was anointed king, but it was 25 years later before he actually became king. He had to make some things happen. I want you to be encouraged this morning. In Matthew 18, it says, what's impossible for man is possible for God. Why? Because in your notes it says, belief alone doesn't get the job done. Regardless of how strong that belief might be, this is not just the thing that makes the dream come true. 
I want to take you to a passage in Matthew, in Mark chapter 9. It's in your notes. The passage is of a young man that was demon-possessed, and he was thrown into the fire, and he was often tormented. And the Bible says that, that the disciples were trying to cast it out and couldn't get the job done. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus is talking to the Father. And Jesus said these words, Everything of poss- is possible for the one who believes. The one who believes. But as I read the story and I understand the perspective that the Lord is presenting, the only believe doesn't cut it by itself. Regardless of how many TV preachers or how many church pastors or how many roving evangelists and prophets stand up and tell you, well, if you'll just give that, God will do this. Or if you'll just do this, God will do that. The disciples went to Jesus privately later after he cast the demon out, and they were saying, how come we couldn't cast this demon out? What is wrong? Can I tell you something? When things don't go the way we think they should go, the first person we attack is ourselves. We're not spiritual enough. We're not good enough. We're not godly enough. We don't have enough faith. When the real issue, if you read this passage through to its finality, was a lack of dedication and pride. They thought because they'd been walking with Jesus that everything they did was going to just come together. Can I tell you something? I've been walking with Jesus a long time, and everything I do does not just come together. Jesus took them away and said, listen, guys, this one's going to take some commitment. This kind only come out through prayer and fasting. You've got to make a dedication here. It's not just a matter of same old, same old. It's not just a matter of going through the motions and think, poof, it's going to happen. Yes, in Mark 16 it says, even the demons are subject to us in your name. But the reality is Jesus said, are you living that life? Are you making that commitment? Is your pride rose up to the place that you think just because I've been saved a long time, everything should come together? Am I making any sense? I've had many people ask a question often. What specifically am I supposed to believe in? Is it in myself? Is it some power that works in me? And I love the passage in Ephesians 3. Some of these are not on your notes, but you can write them down. Ephesians 3.20 that says, Exceeding abundantly above anything we can ask or think. He is able to do according to his power that works in us. And we think, yes, that's what it's all about. But we forget verse 19 that says this for his purpose for his glory, for what he is accomplishing. Just to believe. If that's all it's about, then aren't I supposed to trust that he knows what's best for me, including my dreams, and therefore I don't have a choice? See, this is a a new thought that is creeped into Christianity in the last couple decades called fatalism. Well, God's going to do what God's going to do, and it doesn't matter what I do. Oh, folks, let me tell you something. It matters desperately what you do and what I do. Oh, not about salvation, but about living a life for Christ. Can you say amen? Let me say this. God is not petulant. God is not cantankerous. God is not irritable. 
God does not hold back just because we have not somehow measured up. If the God we serve were like this, if he were impatient, if he were exasperated, you don't know how many Christians have told me over the years, Pastor, I think God's given up on me. Then why do we even bother? If it's that simple to fail God, why do we even bother having dreams? After all, God can squeeze me into his plan regardless of how painful it is if he really wants to. Alan Redpath, one of the, I consider great authors of years gone by, said, you know, it's possible to be a saved soul and live a lost life. It's possible for us to get to heaven and never accomplish the dreams that God has for our life. Am I making any sense this morning? Over the next few weeks, I'm going to help us to understand how to make dreams come true. And it's not as hard as we think. We just have to make some decisions. And I think it's time to stop excusing and start explaining why many of our dreams have not come true. So let's get into this. Number two in your notes. Our dreams have more to do with God's plans than our pursuits. Let me say that again. Our dreams have more to do with God's plans than with our pursuits. You see, following our dreams is not a journey that we invite God into. It's rather a decision that yields to the direction that God is leading. If we have a God-given dream, you know what that dream is going to do? It's going to lead us right to the throne room. It's going to lead us right to God's presence. It's going to lead us right to God's purposes and God's plans. Next week, I'm going to look at the question, are all dreams from God? Look at this for a second. Proverbs, or Psalm 37, look what it says here. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. So in this passage... It says the Lord directs the godly and delights in their dreams, the details of their lives. And so if our dreams have to do with God's delight, how do we know that the Lord is delighting in what we're doing? Very simple. It's, I want you to write this down. I don't have it in your notes. I want you to write this down. Very simple. We allow God to direct our steps. We allow God to direct our steps. Why? Because when we allow God to direct our steps, we can walk with confidence on the path that is set before us because we're not walking alone. There's a lot of things that I want to do in my life, 
And I have to sit back and say, okay, God, where are you in this? See, I don't sit back and pretend to say, God, I need you to get involved in what I'm doing. Abraham Lincoln, many, many years ago, was going to battle, and he was sending the troops out. And the clergyman came up to Abraham Lincoln, and he said these words. He said, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side in this great conflict. Abraham Lincoln responded and said, Sir, I'm not concerned that God's on my side in this conflict. My concern is that I'm on God's side in this conflict. There's a lot of us that want God to get in part, become part of what we want to do. We want to go. We want to accomplish. But God said, I have a plan. I have dreams. I have pursuits. I have steps that I have custom made for your life. Can I tell you one reason why it takes so long to achieve our dreams? Is because most dreamers and their dreams need a bit of finessing. What do I mean? Look at Proverbs 16 again. People may be pure in their own eyes. But God said, I'm looking at your motives. I'm looking at why do you want to accomplish this? What is the purpose that you have? What is the direction that you're going? Why is it that you want to accomplish this? And then look what he says here. If you will commit your actions to me, he said, I will make your plan succeed. We have to sit back and ask the question, God, where are you? You see, the key to seeking our dreams and seeing our dreams come true is to make sure that God is at the head of our dreams. That God is the one leading. God is the one guiding. And if I can inject this here, if we were truly honest with ourselves and with God, I would think some of our dreams might not be too godly. They might be a little more self-directed. I know this is me. As a pastor for 30 plus years, I continually have to sit down and say, okay, God, what are you doing? Let me get involved in what you're doing. Years ago, when we first started this church in Flagstaff, my wife and I were praying and And I want to tell you, at 55 years old, I had no desire to start a church. I wasn't young like Pastor Philemon. You know what I love about Sundays? We have staff meeting on Monday. I had no desire, but the Holy Spirit used my wife's seven-and-a-half-foot shoe to put it someplace and basically said, son, when is, when is it about you? When is it about you? And so we started this church, and God gave me a vision. And he gave this vision to me about a river. There was a river in Flagstaff. I know there's rivers around Flagstaff. I don't know, is there a river? The Rio flag I know is here, but there ain't no water. Is there a river that's got water in it in Flagstaff? Well, in this dream there was, in this vision there was. 
He showed me this river that was going by Flagstaff, and he directed it right through the center of Flagstaff. And I said, God, look at this. God said, yeah, this is what I want to do. And immediately my thought is, I want to get out of the way. God, do what you're doing. Man, I like, and God said, no, you want to get right in the middle of what I'm doing. See, too many times we think, if I just get out of the way, God will do what God wants to do. No, God said, get right in the middle of that river. Get right in the middle of where I'm flowing, of what I'm doing, and watch what I can do. And so I believe the victorious life is a result of getting right in the middle of what God is trying to do in Flagstaff. There's other churches in town that God is building and God is touching and God is working. And I believe that God is tired of the churches of flag and he's interested in building the church of flag, a people that are interested in one purpose, one plan, one pursuit, God's dreams over our dreams. Can somebody say amen? And that's what victorious life is all about. We will help anybody that wants to be a part of that, not a part of us, but a part of what God wants to do in transforming this mountain. Can I hear you say amen? Amen. You see, we allow God to direct our steps. We allow God. And the key to seeing them come true is we put God right at the forefront of all of it. And we get, out of, we get right in the middle of what he's doing, out of the way of what we're doing. You see, there is, let, let, let me take a step back here in your notes. Some people say, well, pastor, should I not want a new position? Should I not want a new job? Should I not want an increase of finances? Yes. Those are all things to dream for and to believe for and to work for. But you've got to ask yourself, why for? Do I want them? Why? Is it to bring glory to God? Is it to do more for God? Or is it just to increase our paycheck or our social worth? Let me begin to wrap this up this morning. In making dreams come true, we have to understand the purpose of heart must be the heart of our purpose. The purpose of heart must be the heart of our purpose. It is the heart, it is the motives, our intentions that make all the difference. Understand, it's not wrong to pray for that job position, that financial increase. But if God grants it, and we have a divided heart about why we want this, I can promise you that our negative motives will always overshadow the positive ones. If I can have times of true confessions, you know, church is church. I know people love it when the pastor comes clean with stuff and just says, hey, this is what it is. And I love every one of you. Sometimes they just don't like you. You can say that in church. How many of you sometimes just don't like me? Don't raise your hand. You better not. But there's sometimes I deal with stuff that I just don't want to deal with. Now, I still do it. Sometimes I just don't want to. 
But you know what happens? When I get right in the middle of God's stuff, he said, that's where I want you to be. Because you know the first thing that happens when I do that? God starts to grow me. God starts to change me. God starts to make me the man that he called me to be. You say, Pastor, how many years does it take for God to do that? I don't know. I've been almost 35 years pastoring, and he's still got a lot of work on me. Yeah. Some of you are shaking your hand like your head like you believe that. Okay. But is that not the truth? I've continually have to challenge the purpose of my heart, the plans, the pursuits, the ideas. I mean, bringing this guy here, you know, we have built our lives for 25 years. And I didn't think there was any way to get the family without getting the dad. So it was a package deal. So we brought the family in there. Okay, and my humor does get better. (laughs) But look what God was building. And his heart was one direction. My heart was one direction. But the reality, the mission was always the same direction. And one day he joined us together. Why? Because we understood that the purpose of our heart has to be the heart of our purpose. And that is to say, God, what do you want? Let me take you to a scripture. I I don't want you to look at the screen. I want you to open your Bibles to James 4. You can put it on the screen, Bob, after they get it all there in James 4. I want you to look at this thing. I'm going to read out the the, the Living Bible, the the, uh, Living Translation, or the Living Bible. Listen to what it says here. You want what you don't have. And then you do everything you can do to get it. You scheme, you kill. You are jealous of what others have. But you can't get it. You fight, you wage war, and you try to take it away from them. And God says, you know what? If you just do it my way, you'll understand that you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because the motives are all wrong. Our dreams have a problem of coming to fruition because we keep trying to do it without God. And God says, get me in the middle of it. Let me be the reason for it. And I will bring to pass the purpose of it. I'm not talking... Or I'm talking about making dreams come true and possibly why they're not. There are times that even though you and I are convinced that we have right motives, we sit some down and convince ourselves that the reason there's a waiting time is because God's working inside of us. He's teaching me to learn from him and to allow him to bring a renewal of my mind as is as, uh, as talked about in Romans 12. We're so convinced that our dream is God And we know that the only reason there is a delay is that our heart does not damage by the additional temptations that the fulfillment of this dream might accomplish. But I want to take you to Paul's thorn in the flesh. 
The Bible says the reason Paul had a thorn in the flesh is that his pride would not be lifted up too high. Because of all the great revelations, it could very well be that God is saying, you're trying to get me involved in what you're doing. I just want to get you involved in what I'm doing. So maybe what I should do is still start to look and say, God, where are you at in the middle of the situation? You see, we fail to accept and understand that part of God's directing our steps is us keeping side by side with his own steps. We have to come to the place of acknowledge, accepting, and understanding that our primary job on this earth is to trust God and to know that he is the one that brings the outcome. As the worship team comes to the platform, there are times that our dreams seem not to be fulfilled and it seems impossible in what is yet going to happen. But I'm here to encourage you that making our dreams come true has more to do with making the relationship of our heart become the heart of our relationship. Making the purpose and the pursuits of our life to stop saying, what is in it for me? And to begin to say, God, where are you in the midst of what I'm doing? I pray that today's beginning of this series laid a little foundation, because that's all I was trying to do. Just help us get off of this idea that it's about us and not about Him. Everything we do in our life as Christians is about Him. Everything. Nothing is about us entirely. God wants to bring dreams to pass. He wants to bring visions to fruition. But He wants us to get in place with him. Amen. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast. Thank you.